and Black & Decker kitchen appliances for less than 30 bucks. You can also earn Kohl's cash and get it all with free store pickup. Things are looking brighter already. Select styles. Offers in March 27. Some exclusions apply. See store.com for details. Research shows people remember radio ads that remind them of the past. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's an ad that'll really take you back. Back in my day, I heard a voice from the radio say, Liberty Mutual customizes my home insurance, so I only pay for what I need. I'm getting on in years now, but <laughs> heavens to Betsy, there are some things an old fella like me just never forgets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hey Siri, uh-huh. Take me to the Joe Beaver show. 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. All right, good morning, everybody. I'm John Warren. He's TJ Matthewson. Fire away, TJ. I'll be right back. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, we're going to planning on having Michael Chaplin, uh, assistant coach for Oregon State Gymnastics, on later today on the show. And Ron Callen, also the Beavers and the New Mexico Lobos here from Gill Coliseum. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off uh, here on 1240 Joe Radio. The Sweet 16 uh, of the WNIT. It's, you know, I I don't, I, I believe th this was the year, right, John, that the that the WNIT was expanded because I the men's NIT field is still 32 teams, still just half the size. I believe, uh, right? I don't remember if this was the first year for the women or not. It's nice. I kind of like it. It is. And I was that looking at the bracket. I, I forgot how big the bracket is for the NIT for, yeah. again, for the next tournament after the NCAAs. Um, but, yeah, so the the Beavers in New Mexico today from Gill should be another good crowd. The Beavers will look good both, both games uh, in the WNIT. Also, uh, we, we mentioned that this morning. I mean, I think it's just a shame that the NIT uh, finals are moving out of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, we'll have. You need to, to get have into some that. appeal. We'll you have need, to get into that. You need to have some appeal for the finals. Yeah, I mean, it's I, not I, like you. It's hard to get people to Manhattan to, to watch a game sphere. at the Garden. Now, the the AP article wasn't exactly clear on a couple of things. Um, the news broke late last night. 
<laughs> that for the next two years after this year, and by the way, the, the final four will have a Pac-12 team in it with Washington State, but um, it didn't say who initiated the the separation because there was a source talking to the uh, AP that was talking only on condition of anonymity and saying that starting next year for two years, which is kind of strange that they put a time limit on it. Almost the way that it was presented by the, the anonymous source was, you know, along the lines of there's something bigger coming in that will will get in the way for the scheduling of Madison Square Garden. So the NIT is going to have to leave for two years. That's kind of the way they made it sound because they said, well, for two years, the NIT will not be in Madison Square Garden and the tournament will be up for grabs. The final four of the tournament will be up for grabs for any, any uh, you know, place that wants to host it. Vegas. Yeah, right. I, I almost would guess it's going to be in Vegas. Yeah, so, but... Well, okay, that that's a lot of ambiguity. Does that mean that the tournament's going to come back to Madison Square Garden after two years? Does it mean that it's the garden itself, the organization that says, you know, we need we need the court, we need the arena for two years? I mean, it's just it's a weird. It's a weird thing because the NIT used to be the most prestigious tournament in the country. It started in 38, and the uh, NCAA tournament started in 39, and, and they've been playing at the Garden since then. That's right. That's right. They used to play the whole thing at the Garden, and then in 1977 they cut it down to just the Final Four and having all the other teams, you know, all the other games being played at, at various venues um, you know, for participants. But still, the, the appeal since the NCAA took over as far as the more popular tournament many, many decades ago, the NIT still was a strong field. It was still something that, yeah, okay, great, go to the NIT, go to Madison Square Garden, try to win the thing. And going to New York was really the appeal. Yeah. Especially here in these later years, these, these last, let's say, 20, 25 years where the you know, March Madness has exploded because of TV and cable and social media and all that and marketing and all that. So a lot of tweets last night were, made a lot of sense when uh, there were some you know, people in the business and experts and then just regular people saying, well, what's the point then? Of the NIT, if you take away Madison Square Garden, so yeah. Anyway, well, maybe that, people would, maybe more people would like a trip to Vegas. Yeah, so I, people, people Vegas love is Vegas. A natural. Now, for us, that's not a special thing. No, because we have so much going on in Vegas and with. And Vegas. also, yeah, and also now you can gamble as much in New York as you can in Vegas, especially on sports. Well, I'm not even thinking of the gambling aspect. Yeah. I'm thinking of the aspect of going to a quote-unquote yeah. adult playground yeah. and get... the draw of Vegas. Yeah, that's great, but we have it in our, our yeah. section so we can go on our own, number one. Number two, our sports is connected yeah. with Vegas, but... with the uh, with the Vegas Bowl, yeah. Allegiant Stadium, and, of course, the you know several years of both the men's and women's tournaments. And now soon to be, I mean – Soon, if not already, the the one power conference that's center that's what's the right term center centered uh, the, uh, the head offices head offices you know are are going to be in Vegas and all again all the tournament championships are going to be in Vegas except for the baseball tournament. Now, have you heard something? Because we talked about that it would be smart for them to be in Vegas, but not that there was anything complete on that. No, I think still I think it's still planning to be in Arizona because I think that's where the facilities are. That's where the best facilities are. For for baseball, oh, you're talking about baseball. Yeah, oh, the other ones. Oh, I no. thought you were talking about the head offices. Oh, the head offices. No, I mean nothing's official, but I believe they're still like they're in the process of moving. Now, we, I, everyone and their 
and their mother knows that. Well, they are going to move. They've said they're going to move. They just haven't yeah. said where. And you and I have it's been on this show together saying they got to go Almost Vegas. certain it's going to be Vegas. Yeah. Well, it, anyway, so the NIT will end up somewhere. And, you know, like TJ says, and you're, you're right, it, it would most likely be Vegas if everybody else weighs in from around the country. It's just, wow, why? I'd like to find out more. And it'll come out as it separates. This was like an early breaking story for the AP by a, an anonymous source. It'll come out. It'll be interesting to know if it's uh, just a two-year hiatus or is it a permanent thing. Are they going to want to rotate? Are they going to want them back ever? I mean, really I don't. I don't know strange. if it should go all the way down to, like, you know, having a home game as a title game. Uh, no disrespect to the WNIT, but that's the format there. Well, and that's the format in the CBI. Yeah, that's the, you know. yeah it's like if we're still talking postseason tournament, there should be at least an effort to, for it to be a neutral court. Go somewhere, celebrate it, have it be on a big stage. Get everyone to travel, spend money on hotels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And people love an excuse to take a vacation. And if it's me. a hiatus... Make sure you don't sign anything more than two years. Get back to Madison Square Garden, which, you know, just from being in New York, uh, for me, that wouldn't be such a huge thing. But just the, the tradition. Oh, you go to Madison Square Garden to finish off it's, the NIT. It's oh, the garden is awesome. I love the garden. Yeah, I've, I've loved I'd love to see it. I've it's, never been it's there. It's great. It's it's uh, I've never seen a basketball game. There. I've seen one Rangers game. But, uh, I mean, just being around Penn Station and the hustle, it's great. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And the history and tradition, I mean, that, yeah. that would be amazing. Well, anyway, welcome to the program. Uh, Mike is gone. Uh, TJ and I will be here today and tomorrow and Monday and Tuesday, in fact. We won't be here on Wednesday because uh, that's when baseball's on. So that's going on. Tomorrow might be a little iffy because of this whole power situation. We were testing a, a new um, generator that they installed yesterday. And it, by all accounts, from what I am told, it worked out great. There's still a few a few tweaks they need mm-hmm. to make because tomorrow morning the power company turns off all of our power. Now they're going to do it around eight o'clock, and they say it's going to take you know up to noon. But a lot of times when power companies say things like that, they get it done quicker than that. Yeah, and give you a window that's bigger. So probably by eleven when we're on the air, everything should be smooth. If not, well, we'll work so around it. Might have to restart a thing or two. And, yeah, yeah. And, and reset. That's what we had to do yesterday. But, but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, uh, I don't it, believe it shouldn't affect baseball tomorrow afternoon. Say, I don't believe evening, we, we were ever off the air yesterday during baseball. Maybe for a minute or so, but we got it back on. I heard that. No, everything was fine. I heard okay. you, your your fifteen minute pregame show was on, and they waited. Uh, Jason, our market manager, and the yeah. three power guys waited outside the door until I was done, and they were <laughs> really? like, "All right, are you done?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "All right, let's kill it." Yeah, as Jason, <laughs> like, okay. Jason described it to me this morning. He goes, "You know, I've got uh, uh, some really high level electricians. I've got our engineer, a lot of experts who are uh, uh, charged by the hour, very expensive charge by the hour." just standing there. So we wanted to get back to work. And uh, I'm glad that they waited at least for your 15-minute pregame show. It would have been fun if I was like in the middle of a segment. Was, mm, and then you hear that <laughs> pop and every, everything goes dark. And it's like, well. Oh, it's happened. Can anyone hear me? Hello? <laughs> it's happened. It, it, anything uh, that, that can go wrong has happened in the course of my 23 years here on the uh, on the air for uh, 1240 Joe Radio. And there's a show a couple months ago. You you and Mike are sitting in here, and the power yep. goes out. Power went out in the building, the entire yeah, building. Yeah, the entire building. And that was it. Yep. We're done. Well, we're <laughs> guess we're done for the day. We were absolutely done. We had this big old generator sitting out back. The thing was massive, like 8 feet tall, 20 feet long, 15 feet wide. This massive, massive generator didn't work at all. And we finally got a brand new one, brand new, sleek. It's about one-tenth the size of the old one, 
And it would be like going from a, you know, a 1965 Volkswagen to uh, a 2022 Cadillac. Yeah. Just smooth and perfect. It's mm. um, good. So w- at least next year when weather gets bad, or even sometimes when it gets real hot, if we lose power, we'll never be off the air. Yeah, we'll have a backup generator, yes. thankfully. As uh, it should have been the whole way, but it's great that we yeah. got it. It's, it. it's like having a new toy. Yeah, it's it's good. It's be- so we got to keep doing the Joe Beaver. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. So Kip we'll Carlson texts in and says uh, we should – NIT should go to the Barclays Center. I have no opposition with that. Barclays Center is almost nicer than the Garden. Well, you're still going to New York. There's still a draw yeah. there. Um, it's you know that's a smart idea. It's a different venue. It's not the the storied venue. But so what? You're still you're still going yeah. and staying in New York and doing that. It's, Barclays is so nice. Yeah, it's I've really seen good. it from the Top outside tier. on the street, but I've Top never tier. never been in. Um, that's that's smart. You're right, kid. Yeah. That, just just go down the block or however far away. How far away from it is? Is it from uh, Madison Square Garden? Barclays? Yeah. Um, on the subway? probably. That's a good question for my brother. 10 uh, miles? I don't know, say probably. No, not even. Uh, it's probably like 20 minutes on the subway. Hmm. If someone knows the subway lines better, I don't I don't think it's a straight shot from Barclays to. What would the what would the distance be as the crow flies? Uh, well. Where if we're drawing like a parallel line from Barclays to Manhattan, mm-hmm. Barclays is in like lower Manhattan. You have to go farther up to get to the garden, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, I know my brother, where he lives on the Lower East Side in Union Park, can take a train straight to Barclays. Really? Yeah. And I think he's a little he's a little south of, of Madison Square Garden. Wow. Uh, he's I know he's not listening because he has work right now, but... If he, if anyone knows the subway lines of New York and remembers, <laughs> I I don't. He he tried explaining the subway lines to me uh, when I went there and visited during the summer. In fact, right before I moved here, I took a, a trip to New York to go see him and family. He's explaining all the subway lines to me, just like in one ear out. There. Well, the Barclays Center when it, it hadn't opened yet, and I don't remember the year, twenty eleven. I want to say we went to New York. Craig Robinson, I was with the men's team during this period. Football was still going on. And it was a smart move by by Craig. He took the, the players to the Barkley building where the financial part of it is all going on and had a couple of guys speak to the team in a separate room about the business and, you know, what they can do if they got into the business. Um what does Barkley do? Trading. Or, tra- or stocks, okay. Yeah, so, but then we got a tour of the floor, which is all oh, these Im- desks lined impressive. up. It's not where they, you know, like the stock exchange, but they're all there with their computers mm-hmm. talking to brokers and things like that. And then off in the corner was these bright lights and cameras, and it was way far away on the other side of the building. It's where like that. Um, and it's where they occasionally, someone will say, hey, who's got the the MSNBC report? Because- yeah. The uh, Bloomberg is is the other one that does their thing somewhere else, and that's where the cameras were. So then they would have them on TV doing the you know mm-hmm. the once an hour stock exchange update. Yep. And uh, I thought that was really cool. So we're walking around, and you know I'm with all these tall guys, and this really tall older gentleman, probably seventy years old, maybe sixty five to seventy, whatever it was. He you know we were just kind of walking around, so the workers were looking at us. And this guy came over because he was interested and he started talking to us and was telling a story how he grew up, 
however many blocks away or whatever part of New York with Lou Alcindor. And they were high school teammates, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, and they were high school teammates way back in the day. And the guy was really tall, and he had stories that you just thought, he's telling the truth. And it's like, wow, that's really cool history. Mm-hmm. And then not far from there apparently was the Barclays Center, which, of course, they, they sponsored the name of the building, where the Nets were about to move into. And uh, again, 10 years ago, whatever yeah. it was. It's it's cool. I, I've been down on Wall Street. I haven't gone in, didn't go into the stock exchange. We walked around like that outside area. Yeah. I, I can imagine it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, my mother came in and saved the day. It is a 29-minute train ride uh, from Barclays Center to Madison Square Garden on the two and the three. Cool. There we go. Very cool. 30 minutes. 30 minutes by train. 30 minutes by train. Everything is, is measured in distances of train Train, time. yeah. Well, because nobody drives. Why? I mean, why would you? It's, have, you ever tra- have you ever thought about the concept of driving in Manhattan? It no. Would, it would give me an annual. The only thing I know about Manhattan, other than being there for five minutes uh, and looking around, was because we came in on a bus, would be TV shows, you know, where they show, like, every single car is a cab, a yellow cab. Yeah. And there isn't anybody else driving in the in in there, and it's just cab after cab after cab, and yep. you know movies and TV shows. That's all I know. And bikers now, and it looks like yeah, it looks like it's just jammed with people. Yeah, and not, the one, it's not fun. The only thing I the other thing I can remember that stood out to me was when you you hear about places and the, on TV they're bigger than life. We get out of the bus, we're on the sidewalk, and you know, I said, well, where's Broadway? Where's the, we were apparently on Broadway. Where, mm-hmm. Where's all the theaters? Well, we were right outside the theater doors, and they were tiny little, little places. Little, I mean, I was expecting, you know, grandiose, giant this and that, but they weren't. It was like just being on any downtown street, side street in Portland. And I thought, wow, okay, that's a little different. Now, Times Square was more larger and spread out. Just a but, little but uh, not not Broadway where we were. That was kind of strange. Let's break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit about tonight's basketball game. We'll break it down later in the program and get ready for a gymnastics conversation with Michael Chaplin, who uh, will be joining us at 1130. They'll get ready to take off for uh, Seattle, a nice close range venue for regionals for gymnastics and some uh, gymnastics news that came out a couple of hours ago. That was good for Oregon State. So all that coming up, you're listening to The Joe Beaver Show. The phone number, of course, the Downward Dog phone line is 541-497-5356. And that's the same for the University Honda text line. We also want to go over and look at and remind you what's happening with the tournament challenge that we have. Brought to you by Kellenberger Appliances. That is our 1240 Joe Radio Bracket Challenge. We'll get you updated on Who's in, on top and kind of uh, remind you because it's been a few days since basketball. And, of course, the Sweet 16 starts with uh, with some games later this afternoon. Looking forward to it. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Whether you're looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at NTech, we're looking for you. NTech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $19 to $23 an hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals. Immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com, ntech.com, and click the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! It includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs. I need to make a correction, TJ. I, I don't know Do why. Do you? I, you made a mistake. Yeah. That's I was, unacceptable. I know. It's it's highly unacceptable. Um, it's Ron Gallen coming up at 1130. Michael Chaplin coming up at 1230. So, uh, Beaver baseball victory last night or yeah. yesterday afternoon, 8-3. to three, Some some great numbers. And the one thing that I liked, and, and I, I know you'll appreciate mm-hmm. that uh, two pitchers, did well. Jaron Hunter goes five innings. So maybe you got a midweek guy that you, that you give him some more innings and he can get uh, improve in that position right there. And uh-huh. then Mitchell Verberg finally coming out of the, the pen has, uh, you know, it's short work, but a good short work because yeah. he was 0 2. Yeah. And I was honestly kind of surprised they didn't let Jaron Hunter go farther. So his previous high in innings this year for Jaron was like, was three and two thirds, and he goes five this time. He only threw 45 pitches. Yeah. And when the last time out, when he set that, you know, mark in, in innings this year, he threw like 70 pitches. I was a little surprised they didn't try and push it a little bit farther. I, I understand they were, you know, honestly, maybe hoping for four innings and they get five on 45 pitches. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. he may be your starter next Wednesday in Reno. Yeah, he might be. Uh, we don't know. I thought it was going to be Brock Townsend, but I, I guessed wrong. Uh, on the there, There's a lot of different guys it could be. Let's go to the phones real quick because Dave from Tumwater has called in uh, today. Dave, what's going on? Well, just wanted to chat, chat briefly with you guys. I know you got Ron coming up quick, so I'll be quick, uh, so I'll be fast here. Uh, uh, I don't want to come. John, I don't want to come across like my friend Paul, but regard, regarding that power business at the station, <laughs> could is, could that have had an effect on the stream yesterday? Because it was really kind of sketchy coming and going. I had to turn over to the 
OSU website, and I don't normally watch the game on the stream. I went over there so I could hear Mike's call. But that uh, I just wondered if that might have an influence. And how do you know, I, I, you know how much I like the inside of uh, the production aspect of your world there. How do you know when that it's not something with Learfield and the network that might be spotty rather than KEJO's stream? Any insights along those lines? I'll give you insight on that, but TJ has an answer to yesterday's question. So to answer the stream question, when the power went out, it did kick kick uh, the, the, the call off the stream. I had to go in and reset it. I didn't realize it until I think we restarted the system twice because the first time the power went out, the generator kicked on, and then they did it again. And I think both times it might have kicked it off the stream, and I had to go in and I had to reset the stream. So that's probably why the connection was a little iffy. But I think by the by the time the game started, I believe the stream was back on full. That that could be when when the game. I went over to OSU's website when the game started. When I came back from the post game show, since they don't do it on the college's stream. Everything was smooth, so I appreciate that background, team. Well, and we, we appreciate you hanging with us when there are other choices for streams. So uh, do appreciate that. And your texting helps because so many times I won't be aware of anything because I'm not listening or, or uh, I'm just unaware of it. And then a texter will text me personally if you have my number, which you do. And then I can call TJ and say, hey, what's what's going on with this? Um and that's how it, how it works. But to your other question, it's a good one. It seems like my job is constant sleuthing. I mean, <laughs> since I started this in this business in 1990, 32 years, I've always been at smaller market stations. And it's like, okay, I've become a de facto engineer. And I do not have the brain for that. But I do now. And it's all a matter of, okay, if this... It can't be this because of this. It can't be this because of this. And I, I'm not kidding. I have had on-the-job training for critical thinking or whatever the term is. You tell me. You're the the academic. As far as teaching my brain to think a way that I normally wouldn't think. And that is, okay, I have to, you know, if it's not this line, then that tells me this other thing. And, and Dave, that's what we do. The, there's a new problem that's cropped up that I haven't heard yet. Have you heard this? Let yep. me ask you. Doug says, now this is terrestrial, so your answer, you're probably not going to know this. But Doug says that at the end of network commercials, the last three words of each spot replays itself. It repeats. Every single time. You know, like let's say that from is- Joe's Bar and Grill. From Joe's Bar and Grill. And I, I haven't heard that, but now I'll have to sleuth that and say, where's that coming from? It's not coming from us. I know that. That is true. I, I noticed that yesterday. Uh, and it's a minor enough uh, occurrence. Yeah. Uh, it's always interesting hearing Mike's, or uh, as in the case when it happened, uh, although I didn't listen at that time, Josh's banter with the people back in Missouri, because <laughs> that's all. That's another kind of inside baseball thing that you get when you listen to the college's stream rather yeah. than the stations. So I know you got to get to Ron, so not now, but maybe before the day is out, TJ, or in ensuing days, but I know. But being down in Corvallis, a lot of people are already kind of toying with the idea of going down to Scottsdale for the conference baseball tournament. Can you kind of map out? Uh, the, the, uh, I suppose I could find it easily enough. But you, you're more adept, being a, a millennial with the, the stuff digital. I'm just kind of curious as to the format, like how many days, how many games per day. 
so any scoping you could do along those lines, I can promise you there are a lot of people out there in the Joe Beaver Show audience who would find that of interest, not the least of them myself. You got it. We'll do yeah. that and maybe yeah. even find out where you can stay or stuff like that from TJ. It's in a very central location in Scottsdale. So, like, in terms of that is good. The format of the tournament, I'm going to need to brush up on. I'm it's not all right. Sure. We, well, you know what? We'll do that. And if we don't do it today, we'll come back tomorrow with a ton of detail on, on all of that stuff. How about that? Great, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good show. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. All right, Ron Callen, coming up next. We'll take a break and come back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Need an extra bed for the family? Expect an out-of-town guest this summer? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add a new bedroom onto the house. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man in Corvallis. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. Their mattresses are highly resilient, have a long-lasting foam core, and are made right in the store. There's lots of decorative cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon-man.com. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports cards and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Looking for an appliance, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers, and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at kellenbergers.com. Of course, I want our kids to eat fresh, healthy food. Okay, we don't want that. All right. January 30th. 70 points twice. Twice. In the and they, hadn't, they had not done that, scored 70 points in a game since January 30th versus UCLA, and hadn't done that back-to-back since they were in Hawaii playing Idaho and Northern Iowa. Let's bring in the voice of the Beavers, Mike, uh, Mike, Ron Callen. And, Ron, I remember hearing you specifically ask that question or point that out to Coach Ruick and, uh, in the, your last postgame show. So, clearly, Oregon State wants to open it up, run, and get, you know, get the points. They don't want to you know, play in a deliberate style of, uh, of ball game, correct? Well, every time they've scored 70 points or more, they have won this year. Yeah. They're undefeated. So I think they want to get the offense going. Um, no doubt the zone defense has worked well in these first two games. They've played majority of zone defense and created issues for three-point shooters. The Pilots had excellent three-point shooters. They were uncomfortable. Same with Long Beach State. And here comes New Mexico. They not only have great team speed, they can pull up and hit the three, or they can go coast to coast. So uh, it's going to be an entertaining game. 
round three WNIT final 16. And uh, I think this has been really great for the freshmen and for the seniors who want to keep playing. Uh, now, I think, you know, you think, well, are they motivated? Well, they're definitely motivated now yeah. so they can get past this to the, uh, to the final eight. Uh, I was going to ask you if you've, if you've sensed. Now, you're not necessarily with them like you would be if you're traveling. But have you gotten a mm-hmm. sense of more focused attention? as the winds have come? You know, I think you're, you, you nailed it because, uh, uh, you know, they know Ellie Mack and uh, Taya Adams, Emily Cotting, they know this is it. And they want to keep playing. And, I mean, one thing about this team, they may not have the best record uh, that Scott Lewis ever had, but they certainly just get along. They enjoy each other's company and uh, the root for each other. And I think the key thing is some of these players are getting a little, really comfortable in this tournament. I mean, you look at how Kennedy Brown has played in the last two games. Look, 15 and 12 against Long Beach State. She scored 16 against Portland. She is, I mean, it's taken a long time for her to fully recover from that serious knee injury she had. So, uh, I, I, and plus, that's not her natural position to play a five, right? Right. And I think she's really looking good. So uh, look for her, uh, you know, to make an impact again tonight at Guild Coliseum. And one thing about the WNIT, you know, they do look at uh, crowd atmosphere and attendance mm-hmm. about who gets home games. And, yeah, the Beavers' first two games weren't the biggest crowds of the season, but, the, I mean, the crowds were enthusiastic. Compared, you, you look at some of the attendance for some of the other games and other venues, and, uh, I mean, I think they've got a great shot if they can win tonight to play another game at home. I think the only thing is, you know, they play the winner of UCLA-Wyoming, so you're thinking, okay, well, UCLA is at awful attendance. Right. Wyoming, though, has pretty good attendance, and it's 7,491 feet there, <laughs> elevation, too. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, I think that'll be up to other people. But first things first, they got to got to take care of the Lobos, who are, you know, they finished in second place in the Mountain West Conference, 14-4 conference record. So, I mean, they are a solid team that a lot of people thought maybe they'd get into the uh, NCAA. My, but, you uh, know, hey, the Beavers, the fourth, is tough, fourth toughest schedule in the nation. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. when you look at who's left in the Pac-12, one team left in the Sweet 16 from the Pac-12 this year. That's, that's a different scenario than the past few years. Ron, the last game that I called as the regular voice of the Oregon State Beaver women's program in 2006 was in Laramie in a WNIT game, and it was a loss. And they had they had a huge crowd. And I will tell you, the 7,400 feet affects you. It really does. Even just regularly walking around, if you're not used to it, you can, uh, you know, you're not huffing and puffing, but you can feel it. You can feel it in your chest. So hopefully they won't get there. They've averaged about, I think, 100 more fans per game in these first couple of rounds of the NIT than Oregon State. So it's close there. That's why you'd like to see mm-hmm. in this particular game, you know, upwards of three, 3,000 maybe. Is it too much to ask for another 900 people? I don't know. It's just, you know, no, nothing against Beaver Nation. Beaver Nation comes out and has done great. But uh, it'd be nice if there was a few more who would show up because you just you want to solidify that home court advantage. But you got to win first, and that's really very important. You don't ever want to get in this. I remember, uh, Ron, back in the day, there was going to be 
all this. You, you have to do your due diligence when it comes to making plans for travel. But on a particular night, and I, I can't remember who it was, the Beavers were playing in an NIT game, and this was back far enough when the press row was on the other side of, of Gill Coliseum. And <laughs> yes. we were going to go to Hawaii the next day, you know, with the victory Ooh. in play in round two of the WNIT. Well, everyone's talking about it and, and it was just the confidence level was so high and, Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to leave at this time. And don't forget the bus will be leaving. And we lost. And so uh, it was kind of a reminder of what can happen with making other plans, but the team, the players, they're the ones in control of all of that, and I think everything will, they'll take care of all of that as far as tonight's matchup. But it'd be great if Beaver fan could come out and, uh, if there is a victory, try to solidify a weekend game at Gill Coliseum. Yeah, you know, I, I, I actually encourage people on the post game to look. You know, we've had good crowds and really enthusiastic, but uh, to get to that 4,000 level, which is pretty much what they've averaged, you know, all season long. Some of those fans who may have been at the baseball game or they may be on spring break, hey, if you're back, come on out. One thing that's great about basketball, you know it's going to be about a two-and-a-half-hour commitment total. You know, By yeah. the time you park your car, get there, get the tickets, get in there. game's about an hour 50 to two hours, depending. And, it's, you know, and this team is fun to watch. I mean, and, and this team's getting better. Look looked at A.J. Moroff the other night, who came in off the bench and had one of her best freshman performances. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen tonight. But, hey, the Lobos are the real deal. They're a good team. Ron Callen joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Ron, do they decide who would host maybe, like, the way you make it sound with the WNIT, and you and John know more about this probably than I do, in terms of deciding who hosts on crowds, but wouldn't the w, would would the WNIT already have made up its mind depending on who advances, who would host the next round? Not not look not going to look specifically at this game's attendance numbers for deciding who to host, but you know, for example, Wyoming and Oregon State advance, they still decide on Wyoming because they would have made up their mind earlier in the week. You know, um, there's all sorts of machinations and, and politics involved in anything like this. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I know there was uh, talk early on that if the Beavs won, they might have to go to Albuquerque. But then it turns out that the pit, where New Mexico normally plays, wasn't available. Mm. And so they would have had to have played at a community college or something. And I, and I know the Beaver, uh, you know, people in the FX department said, time out, no. We've got Gil Coliseum. We're, we're guaranteeing, you know, a decent crowd. Let's have it here. And so that's why it's, it's in Corvallis. And the Beavs deserve it. They, they uh, you know, traditionally in the past, what, uh, you know, eight or nine years have had some of the greatest attendance and atmospheres in all of women's college basketball. So why not have them here? Yeah, you know, it's a home court advantage. But, you know, hey, some teams get on the road and play yeah. some incredible basketball because they almost thrive on the excitement of a big crowd. So I, I think a home court advantage is great, and the local fans can see the players and uh, people come out and have a good camaraderie. And, and uh, they, these are great student-athletes on and off the court. Why not celebrate them one more time? Come out tonight. Let's see if we get to that 4,000 mark. Well, I think you're right, and that is a close call. I didn't know that about uh, about Albuquerque. 
because it would not have been anything that you could have argued against because their average was a little bit better than Oregon State, so it would have been fair. So it worked mm-hmm. out perfectly that Oregon State would get to host. But again, we have seen that, Ron, you and I, in all these years, all these decades, where you think, oh, guarantee, you're home, you got this, you got that. And the other team just comes in and tears you up. I mean, how many times have we seen that over and over again? So I just, I just don't oh, want them to be ready for tonight's game. This uh, Lobo team, by the way, I don't know how much you know about them. Uh, I was just looking over uh, some of their numbers and their stat sheet. They have all five starters who average double figures, two players who average 14 a game in Shaquille Magruder and Jaden De La Serta at 14 points per ball game. And um, one of them, Magruder, is at just over seven rebounds a game. So um, I don't know what style they play, if they want to pound it down low, if they want to run, whatever they do in that respect. But uh, those are just some of the numbers from their starting five. Yeah, they're they're pretty deceptive on offense. I've watched a lot of video this week, and Magruder is an excellent player. She's not only the uh, ability to block out, she's a good shooter. She's able to steal the ball. She had a couple of coast-to-coast breakaways in a recent game. Uh, so keep an eye on number 13 tonight out there on the course in New Mexico. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, they'll come in with the, the attitude, hey, we can beat the Beavers, you know, and the Beavers have this attitude of renewed confidence that, hey, we've won these first two games, and they've been really impressive on defense, guys. I mean, that's something that mm-hmm. if they can make New Mexico feel uncomfortable especially from three-point range, they've got a great chance to not only win, but win, you know, not dominate. Who knows? Who knows? You never know about these, these college basketball games this time of year. Yeah. You know, it's the first time the Bays have been in the WNIT since the 2011-2012 season. When they won the first two games, but then they had to go on the road. They had to go up and play the Huskies in Seattle, and they mm-hmm. lost there. So, um, hey, I... I, I, I keep an eye on the three-point shooting tonight. Talia von Olhoffen due to go off and yep. have an incredible game of three-pointers. So let's see how Mexico defends her. And that opens it up for, look who had a double-double in this tournament already, Yelena Mitrovic, yeah, yeah. who is, is learning more about how to get that ball. Don't bounce it. Just put it right up and in. And she has really looked pretty impressive uh, in, in both games. And with, with she and Kennedy Brown, you know, just think what's going to happen next year when you've got uh, Taylor Jones back and healthy. Right. She was never really totally healthy this year. Plus, Reagan Beers, this uh, McDonald's All-American, who's just a beast inside, and she can step out and do other things, too. So um, I, I think the future is great, but right now let's get, let's get to action tonight at Gill, another hoop game. Uh, and here we are, what? It's, we're, we're into spring. Yeah. And baseball's going on, but a perfect it works out. There's no baseball game today. And I know they're heading to Cal for a big series, but right. uh, uh, it'll be fun to have Thursday night basketball. Absolutely a blast. I, I love this. And we've got uh, you know some NCAA games to check in on, but the Beaver game, um, just, just perfect timing on that. One thing about Mitrovich, her first two career starts have been the last two games, and she's come through. Right. So you just think, as yeah. a freshman, how good is she going to be in a couple of years for Oregon State? Right. Yeah, she and Greta Kampstrader and A.J. Murat, all freshmen, and, and Talia Von Ohoff and Richard freshmen, as well, along with Yelena. So that's going to be great. Uh, we're all looking forward to that. And, of course, I guess the big question, maybe, T.J., you can answer this. Gonzaga, Arkansas, what will happen? I don't know. It, it's it's an, a very curious slate of games tonight. 
especially the, 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 the West region in San Francisco is the, the only of the four regions that are all chalk in this, uh, in this yeah. sweet 16 tonight. I, I think it's, you know, it's gonna be very curious. So which ones are tonight? Gonzaga, Arkansas tonight, Villanova, Michigan, uh, Duke, Texas tech and, uh, Arizona, Houston, man. So coach K's career could be done by, uh, what, uh, yeah. 10 PM tonight. That's right. Could be. Wow. Well, <laughs> Does he get to give a speech after again? Going, man. You know, I had Aaliyah Goodman on. She was uh, at Duke for that last home game. She said it was just nuts. Oh, I could only she imagine. couldn't believe it, you know, because uh, she, she had a great visit back here, and, uh, you know, she's she working back at Duke, and uh, I think she's going to go into coaching. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I, I think that's her next path, although she can still play. I think, you know, she got so close to making the Connecticut Sun. I mean, she's just a, a, a standout leader, and what a great three-point shooter she is. Uh, Ron, I, I listened to that interview with her and that you did with her, and I can't remember, you probably asked her this, did she get to talk to Coach K much at all? You know, she. I think she had a couple of conversations, but you know you know how things are. Things are I mean, I, we've been to that campus, and uh, man, yeah, he is, you know, he's kind of a, I don't want to say he's a god, but he's just the... He's the basketball guy, right? I mean, it's, it's just an amazing campus that's so dedicated to basketball. And, uh, you know, I mean, what a career he's had. Ron, before we uh, we end things, I want to just get a quick thought from you on <clears throat> your time. And, 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 I mean, we just assume you know or knew John Clayton because of all your connections and being up in Seattle. What did he mean to you? Did, did you cross paths? How much? Uh Lots of uh, Seattle area broadcasters and writers were all weighing in on his uh, sudden loss just that last week. Yeah, I was shocked. You know, I, I don't. I, I knew that he wasn't in fantastic health, but back in the '90s, guys, you know, I was working for the Seahawk Radio Network, and and I was working for a TV station before that that would cover the Seahawks training camp, and John was there working for the Tacoma News Tribune, and you know how these training camps are—you two or three hours, you stand around talking for of people for hours along the sidelines watching and watching camp just like watching when we used to be able to go in and watch the Oregon State uh, training camp you know so I got to know John really well he's just a great guy but his strength his strength was the ability not to be afraid no matter who he needed to talk to I remember I was down at Mariner Spring training and they said hey the NFL owners in Scottsdale can you run over get a couple of interviews with Seahawks people. And so I get over there and here's John Clayton running around with his pad and pencil and, uh, just, you know, say, Hey, Al, Al Davis, come over here. I mean, he just was not afraid to just go after anybody and try to get the scoop. And he was so knowledgeable and, uh, you know, he covered the Steelers before the Seahawks all those years, but ESPN, uh, kind of turned, turned him up a notch, you know, into becoming the professor. And I thought that was pretty cool. And, I think we'll all miss him, you know, especially this upcoming season because he's always in the press box yeah. there in Seattle. And I'm doing that internal PA stuff, and you'll say, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, um, I, I I don't know if you replace a guy like that. He's unique. Yeah, he is. And and one last thing, Mike made this point too uh, earlier this week. He really was kind of that first insider, he creating the uh-huh. the job, the genre of really knowing everything about everything and being the guy that all the, the networks would go to for the inside scoop. Yeah. And that was his passion, you know, to, to dig up whatever 
you know, whatever he was looking at, whatever the focus of his article or, or a column might be at that time, before he got into ESPN, and then he just kept it going on the TV side uh, when he went to ESPN. So, um, you know, um, what a talent, good writer. And uh, I, I thought, you know, he did a radio show up uh, in in Seattle as well that basically focused on the NFL and the Seahawks. It was, I think it was a Saturday show on KJR for a while. And then he filled in on Cairo, I think, when uh, they, they took over the broadcast. So uh, long story short, you know, he'll be missed. And uh, what a talent. And what a nice guy. You know, yeah. you just you hate to see somebody go so young there at the age of 57. Great stuff, Ron. 6.30 tonight on KEJO. And uh, can't wait to to uh, get get at it. I, I just can't wait. I love playoff time. And when the home team is in it, it's that much more fun. Thanks, guys, for having me as always. Talk to you later, Ron. All right, Ron Callen, the voice of Oregon State women's basketball, joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. A quick break. We'll come back and wrap up this hour on 1240 Joe Radio. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be whether you're looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Entech, we're looking for you. Entech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $19 to $23 an hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com, entech.com, and click the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! It includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Hey, TJ, we've got a couple of minutes here left mm-hmm. in this hour, and uh, I just want to recap a little bit from yesterday's baseball game. Um, again, Jaron Hunter, the five innings. Yep. Maybe he had more in the tank. I don't know, but uh, I'm just going to – I I can't – I know the fans will go back and forth on 
you know, how often you take a pitcher out mm-hmm. and all of that. I, I can't, I'm not going to speculate yeah. and question the coaches because I have no clue. And, you know, m- many of the fans have no clue as well. But but still, right now it's kind of a tough job for him, isn't it, in that you lose Will Frisch and then uh, Jake Fennig. Fennig's supposed to be coming back fairly soon. I don't know when. But um, those, can, those guys are huge. Maybe next week. Yeah, that'd be great. And, you know, Kamatz has done fairly well, so maybe he's your – He's your Sunday guy, but you need a Tuesday, Wednesday guy yeah. or, or a Wednesday, Thursday guy. That's how you host and winning those games. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. It's like RPI wise, like you can win all your conference series, right? But if you're piling up these bad losses during the midweek when you don't have enough pitching depth, your RPI tanks and you might be on the outside looking in and hosting a regional. It seems to me that if you have the best offense and the Oregon state is one of the top offenses clearly in the country, you still need a better defense. I think you, you win and lose by, by pitching. You don't win a nat- You don't win a national championship without having enough right. pitching. Right. It just like when Oregon state won is, you know, game three, winner take all against, you know, one of the top offensive teams in the country in Arkansas that year, they were insane. You know, they had Heston Kerstad and Casey Martin and, uh, I'm I'm probably forgetting a couple guys, but they were just loaded. And what was the difference in that game? It's Kevin Abel it was Kevin going Abel. out and throwing a complete yeah. game shutout as a true freshman. That's what I'll, that's what the difference was. Although I will say, in, in watching, I don't know what it was, but it was kind of a highlight pack. Oh oh, I found on YouTube it was I don't know somebody put together a YouTube, and I was down some rabbit hole, and I, I it it was the best collegiate pitching performance. Of all time, and it was a breakdown of every inning, mm-hmm. Kevin Abel's innings. But as I'm watching this go through the whole game, you, you got guys, Trevor Larnick, Caden Grenier, Gretler, uh, Nick Madrigal, all these these guys, what was it, three first-round draft picks in that class in 2018? Or was it was just it, in that 2018 class? Uh, I believe it was just a, Madrigal and Larnick and then Adley the next year. Yeah, you had a youthful Adley Rutschman on that roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got me to thinking, it almost kind of like hit me, that's a better team than 06 or 07. There's more star power. There's more star power in 18 if you're going to go back and go, okay, rate the national championship teams. I can't think, I know we we had some great players on 6 and 7, but mm, not like 18. Say 17 and 18, both were probably better than 06, 07. Especially the, the 07 team was, what, the last team in? Right. Last team in, but yeah. but the easiest route in Omaha. In other yeah. words, they won every game and they were yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Unlike in 06 when they got in solidly, but then yeah. had to go through the loser's bracket like they did mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in in 18. In 18. Yeah, they go through the loser's bracket in 17. You didn't even make it out of Omaha. Yeah, so didn't, but, but didn't just win it. a loaded, loaded offense. Yeah. And great players. Like it was, it was a fun reminder. You know, I know it's only been four years removed now, but it was a fun reminder of how special those two teams, seventeen yeah. and eighteen, were. And when Adley comes up to the bigs this year, and I'm assuming by the end of the year, Larnick, Madrigal, and Adley will all be everyday starters in the big leagues this year. You can really appreciate how good that well, is. <clears throat> towards the end of last year, Trevor was getting a lot of time in Minnesota. Yeah. And I would imagine he's going to get more now. Now that he's he's probably going to shed his rookie status. Madrigal already starts every day. Mm-hmm. He was just the centerpiece in a big trade with the White Sox and the Cubs. And now Adley, when he's healthy, will assumedly make the Orioles roster. Yeah. We think. It's... Uh, we, would, we would hope so. 
He's got to. I, I, I know, but again, teams like to manipulate. and It's too bad he ended up in Baltimore. In Baltimore. If I'd have known more well, about the whole. No offense, Dave and Tumwater. I know. I know. Yeah, he's we, gonna, we have our we, I, we I, have our favorites. I just have a suspecting feeling that Baltimore will not back up the Brinks truck. Yeah, no. I, I wouldn't assume so. He he'll play it out and and go in his first opportunity for free agency. I, I would think so. Um, got a lot of uh, or a, a, a few texts as to how you get to the Barclays Center. That's kind of fun. We'll go over those next hour as well. And Michael Chaplin coming up at uh, twelve thirty. Okay, Here's the microphone. This thing on. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. KB Home is out with quarterly results that were shy of expectations for both earnings and revenue. The home builder posted a per share profit of $1.47 on revenue of $1.4 billion. It noted that build times were extended and completions delayed due to supply chain and labor force issues. Shares of KB are down 4.5% in after-hours trading after the stock fell 4.7% in the regular session. Stocks ended moderately lower overall today, giving up pretty much all of yesterday. Yesterday's solid gains. The index is all down about one and a quarter percent. The Dow Jones Industrials today dropped 449 points. The S&P 500 lost 55, and the Nasdaq Composite slid 186. Financial jobs may be lucrative, but some of them could make you seem boring and even incompetent to the people around you. That's according to a new study from researchers at the University of Essex in England. They say finance-associated positions occupy four of the top five slots in most boring, including data analysis and accountants. That's your money now. That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis and colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or- if you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at alirica.net. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you make more of those pressure putts. 
Putting is hard enough, but when it comes to having to make pressure putts, wow, that really is difficult. Here's a drill that will help you sink more pressure putts. Pick out two targets when faced with having to make a putt, an intermediate target and a second target at the back of the hole. Your intermediate target should be at the apex of the break where the ball begins to fall towards the hole. Your second target will help gauge the speed of the putt how hard you must hit it to reach the back of the hole. After you get into your putting stance and getting yourself aligned, aim your putter face at the intermediate target, a blade of grass or a brown spot on the green, and then commit to where you want to hit the ball. Now you can focus on the speed of the putt. So remember, sink more of those pressure putts by pretending there are two targets, and you'll usually sink your competition as well. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Dreaming of adventure beyond your backyard? NerdWallet can help you compare and find the smartest credit cards to get there. Use NerdWallet to compare travel cards with bonus miles to go from working from home to relaxing far, far away. Then use NerdWallet to compare cashback cards and turn everyday purchases into a beachside cabana big enough for the whole family. More sand for the third tower. She's the only boss you'll be answering to this week. Nice castle. Compare your way there. Find the smartest financial products for you on NerdWallet. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. It's time for the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio with Mike Parker and John Warren. A duo daily making tough decisions in the world of social media. On Facebook. You are unfriended. On Twitter. Do you follow me? Yes. Well, stop following me. I'll have you arrested. Standing up to belittlement. Get this bum out of here. But appreciating those that get it. They ain't got it too easy, these fellas trying to tell you what a game is like on the radio. And... Always trying to win over the skeptical. There's a little toy you'll never have any use for, uh, the radio. Ah, yes, the radio. But not just any radio. 1240 Joe Radio and the Joe Beaver Show. And now, here they are. They, they, the ominous they. Mike Parker and John Warren. John Warren and T.J. Mathewson today. We'll get Mike on tomorrow. He'll be situated in Berkeley, California, getting ready for tomorrow night's first game of the series. Cooper Jerpy, Pac-12 Pitcher of the Week, and uh, look forward to seeing what he can do. 12 strikeouts last Friday night. I I love it when just I love Friday nights and the first pitcher of the weekend. It has been a good year on Friday nights for Oregon State. They have get. I don't know if you saw this. I know the number because I tweeted it out. And Twitter Pull that a little it. closer to you. Sorry. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. It just needs to be a little closer. Uh, guess the number. Yeah. What has Oregon State outscored its opponents on Friday nights this year when Jerpy starts? Um, I'm going to say 40 to 5. 71 to 6. 71 to An 6. An average score of 14 to 1. Whenever Cooper Jerby starts, so is he, he leading the Pac-12 in, in strikeouts? I uh, I that's that. I'm going to say probably not. But that last start, 
Uh, I, I remember I mentioned it in the pregame because he, you know, he talked in the in the preseason. You know, I want to four pitches or less. So I want to pitch deeper into games, and he really had yet to do that. He pitched six innings once, and he pitches to the fifth inning three times in his first four starts. And you know, Mike is on the on, on the call that Friday game. It's you know eighteen nothing by the fourth inning. Cooper Derby could have pitched with his eyes closed <laughs> yeah. the rest of the game and yeah. been fine. Yeah, but Mitch leaves him out there till the seventh. Well, seven innings, you know, and I, I had no problem with it. He barely cracked 100 pitches. Right. And it's like, you're, you're not saving him. You want him to stretch out. That's the point. And now that he's ahead 20 runs, you can just let him throw, and he looked great. He gave up one hit, struck out 12, didn't walk anyone. Yeah, and you want. And I know that uh, Coach uh, Canham and, and, and both Canham and Dorman were saying, we, we want to see a complete game. We want to see guys get, you know, eight, maybe nine innings if they can. They're not shying away from it this year. But that doesn't speak to the way that they've been, you know, putting new guys in and pulling guys. Mm-hmm. So what they said they wanted at the earlier part of the year isn't exactly how it's going. They may still want it and see other reasons why yeah. they want to make other changes. Yeah. One of which has got to be see what guys can do so they can find someone for Sundays and, and Tuesdays. And, you know, in terms of the bullpen hasn't been perfect this year, right? So you want to have your starters eat up as much innings as possible. You know, most of the complaints that have come in on the show the last two weeks, it's, hey, on Sunday, the, the bullpen's handed a lead, and the lead goes out the door. Right. And, you know, it didn't happen last night. The ball, I, the bullpen, I thought, pitched wonderful. DJ Carpenter really bounced back. Well, that was nice. Yeah. After he, you know, he comes in on Sunday with a one-run lead, uh, and pitches a third of an inning, gives up three runs on four hits. But then comes back yesterday against Seattle U, three strikeouts, an efficient ninth inning. I I still think <laughs> Mitch still won't name a closer because we, the last two times we've seen Verberg in the eighth, DJ Carpenter mm-hmm, in the ninth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, no, Verberg came in after Carpenter on Sunday. But I mean, that's what we saw yesterday, where you know he's giving the game the the ninth inning ball to DJ Carpenter. Well, in all of the trying and the discovery and the you know trying to figure out who goes where. Because you you weren't expecting losing a guy as good as Will Frisch, and then for a short amount of time, Jake Fennigs. I think they've done a great job of winning games despite the frustrating losses. But you still won the series with Washington State, and and uh, uh, you know they they're fifteen and four <laughs> through the process <laughs> yeah. of trying to find the right pitching combination that they could fall into. Yeah. And I think last night helped with Jaron Hunter, but you know, if they can get a complete game out of a guy, that would be great. I know they talked about it. So maybe we don't be surprised if they let a guy go that far. And and here's the thing, right? It's some of these games they're losing. I, the, the Beavers this year have won a lot of games by a lot of runs, a lot, which is outside of what you would call the, the margin of error. Right. And you see this term thrown around in the big, big leagues all the time. It's like, Hey, what's your record in one run games? Right. Because, in a large enough sample size, you would expect over 162 game season, mm-hmm. you would be 500 in one run games. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. Ball bounces here, ball bounces there, pitch misses outside by an inch, ball catches a barrel by an inch versus missing the barrel by an inch can change the course of a, of a one run game. Uh, so the Beavers have won what? One one run game this year. They won against Xavier final game uh, down in surprise, five to four. But otherwise, if we're looking on the uh, the ends of one run games, they lose eight nine to Wazoo. They lose eight or two to three in ten innings to UC Irvine. On you know the the game winning home run was caught on the warning track mm-hmm. out in the right center field. Losing a two run game where you're leading in the ninth inning against ASU, I think that's right in the margin of error too. 
So those those games, you know, they will sort of even themselves out as you go along. Justin Boyd and Travis Bazana, three hits, two RBIs, and uh, several players. That's another thing is because of the, the, the potent offense, you've got several players with multi-hit games and mm-hmm. multi-RBI games, which is going to do you so well down the stretch um, and, and then in tournament time. By the way, did a little uh, uh, discovery for Dave on that question about the tournament, and you found out whether or yeah. not it's double elimination. It is double elimination across five days. Um, so let's eight let, teams out of the eleven teams, go. Eight the top eight teams, which those top eight teams now would be Arizona, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, USC, Cal, uh, who's and out? UCLA. Who's out? Uh, ASU, Stanford, and <laughs> Washington know. State. I can't believe Stanford's one in five in conference. They just got swept down in Tucson, mm. and that's a Stanford team. They're nine and eight now. Uh, they'll be here next weekend, beginning of April. Right. That should be a good, good series, regardless. But nine and eight. Well, it's still Stanford. You got to be ready if you're Oregon State and expect a great series. But oh, yeah, hundred percent shocker. And every year there's a shocker that one of the top teams isn't doing so well. Yeah. I think one of the other big shockers right now is Oregon. The way yeah. they started the year, and right now the way they're looking and how they can hit uh, and pitch. Yeah, they're they're fourteen. Oregon's fourteen and six, uh, five and one in conference right now. And they, I mean, they would probably. Uh, I don't know where they are. I need to pull up the top ten. I don't have it pulled up. But if they didn't lose those first three games at San Diego, they would <clears throat> they would be right up there with Oregon State right now. I mean, they, I don't. They don't. In terms of quality wins, it's not quite there for them. But uh, let's let's look at the RPI real quick. That's a good measuring stick. Oregon right now in D1 baseball is number six in RPI. That's with three losses to San Diego, which if we're going to look here and the losses that really drop you to... Um, What's Oregon State's RPI? Uh, Oregon State is 24. And Oregon six? Oregon is six. Arizona's five. Hmm. Arizona lost yesterday to New Mexico. Yeah. So that, uh, let's see, when was this updated? I, this probably was updated yesterday then. Because Arizona, I believe, was at five yesterday. But I'm looking across here. So, okay, wait, where's San Diego? Oh, San Diego helps. I didn't see this. San Diego's 16 in the RPI. Mm. So that doesn't really hurt. A, a loss to a top 25 RPI team doesn't really hurt you at all. So that that's something to, uh, something to look at. And Oregon State, again, these... Last those two lot the reason Oregon State is at twenty four you can pin it on two things the lot the loss to Washington State and the loss to ASU yeah so those two losses are I would say what a tech a quote unquote quad three loss mm-hmm. if we're looking at like net because those are two losses in the one hundred and one to two hundred range of RPI which is a a bad loss yeah well Colorado Northern Colorado beat Utah eight to seven New Mexico twelve seven over Arizona. And Santa Clara over Washington State nine to two. I think the the surprise there is the Arizona score. Yeah, um, they've they've lost a couple of non conference midweek games this year. Arizona has. Yeah, the GCU as well. GCU yeah. is like GCU. GCU beat ASU on. on Tuesday. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, that that's what a tough looking team. at. It is. Yeah, they and they can really swing it. <laughs> Jacob Wilson, uh, the. When he had that crazy two-game stretch against, uh, when he had that crazy two-game stretch against Oregon State, he ended up winning Player of the Week. Yeah. He hit like eight hundred that week. Period. 
So, like, it wasn't just Oregon State. Yeah, Oregon State didn't pitch well. Right. And I'm sure if you asked Mitch or Rich Dorman, they'd be like, yeah, we can't let it, that guy do that. But <laughs> he had a pretty good week. Let's go to the phones. 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line. Mike in Seattle. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm on the golf course right now. So nice. I'm puffing puffing. Are we shooting? I'm walking uphill. But <laughs> I'm shooting. I was... Uh, a couple over on the front night. So Very nice. the whole on the whole concept of moving the Pac-12 headquarters, I don't think Las Vegas is a slam dunk. You know, we don't have a conference team there, and I think the presidents of the Pac-12 they would like to get that revenue source into their city and their tax base, and so to just arbitrarily move it to Las Vegas because we have conference championships and thing there, I think is a little short-sighted. Those presidents want to bring money into their locale. And so, you know, having the baseball tournament in the Phoenix area, that's a good move. Um, so your thoughts on that, PJ? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to know why you, why you, um, why it matters. It's just the headquarters. Your, your tournaments can be in, in a footprint, but what about the headquarters? Well, well, it's not just the headquarters, John. It's the Pac-12 headquarters, and there's a big salary base that comes with that. There's a lot of taxes that get paid. People buy houses. They pay rent, pay apartments. So, and wouldn't you rather have that in, in like Portland or Corvallis or Eugene or Phoenix? And if the rent is cheap for the kind of buildings they need, you know, with you know, conference calls and teleconference and things like that, all those meetings can be done. And then if you need to hop on a plane, um, you know, and Las Vegas is not a Pac-12 school. So, um, you know, companies don't move their headquarters to where their people aren't. Typically they move them, you know, to where their their base of employees are. Uh-huh. And it'll be interesting to see if the Pac-12 thinks of that. Well, okay. So when they first announced they were going to move the headquarters. Thanks I did for the think, call, Mike. I, I did think Phoenix was a good option. I really, I thought it was, you know, it should be up there and should be considered uh, land and real estate in in Phoenix uh, is a little cheaper than it is in San Francisco. But to, if we're talking employee base, I mean, the, the Pac-12 already laid off most of its employees. I, I don't follow the theory at all. Um, aren't there other conferences where their their offices are not within one of their, uh, their, their so, areas. So here's a, it, it, there's not a school in the area, but there's, you know, there are Pac-12 schools to the east, there's Pac-12 schools to the west, there's Pac-12 schools to the south, and there's Pac-12 schools to the north, like I, it, as centrally located as you can get. Well, not only that, but I would think you'd want to be in an area where you don't have a, a, a Pac-12 school, so there isn't any kind of feeling of favoritism, yeah. number one. Number two, the commissioner that is currently in the seat of the Pac-12 headquarters is from Vegas and did all kinds of corporate business with Vegas, so would have all kinds of corporate ties. The money that you bring in for for the high-profile jobs, that can be anywhere. That doesn't have to be in a Pac-12 area. And Vegas is one of the most internationally renowned places in the world. So maybe not in size of airport, but you can come and go. The airport's right on the strip. Anywhere. So... um, 
I, I understand a little bit, Mike, where you're going with it, but I think that the Klyovkov connection and the neutrality of being mm-hmm. in uh, a place where you don't have a school, I think, is a little bit more important. But again, who knows? We don't know. Yeah. I just know that uh, through some some articles that we've seen by other uh, media members and breaking down how much the Pac-12 and and, and uh, Larry Scott love to live in the lap of luxury in one of the most expensive places there is. They could slice and dice that that uh, the expenses of the Pac-12 way by three quarters, it seems. Yeah. Save the conference some money by going somewhere else, certainly. It doesn't have to be Vegas, but uh, to me, Vegas seems like a natural because it's a neutral site, mm-hmm. but it's right, like you say, within the area where you've got all these different conference uh, states surrounding you. You know, an hour plane ride to LA, an hour, I mean, you four hour drive to Phoenix, you know, you go over to the mountains to Utah and it, it, it makes too much sense, I think. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't, the, 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 the studios don't need to be on the strip. I mean, you can go a little bit off the strip, get rent out a building that you need to for PAC 12 networks. And finally you can hire some full-time staff and actually run the conference. Unlike what they do now. Cause I, I believe a lot of their production staff and such for the for the Pac-12 conference is all like part time and you know on call and most of them were furloughed when COVID came around because you know the conference already was bleeding money with the amount of money they're just just spending on rent. Well, they'll they'll have some high like Mike said they'll have some high profile people who are you know administrators and and uh, production people if they have their production houses like they did in in San Francisco or Walnut Creek and then they take that wherever they go. There, there'll be some high end highly paid people working it with their studios uh, as well. Um, so Mike's right about that, but you're also correct in that most of everything else beyond where the headquarters are is all part-time stuff. Yeah. And it really, again, I, it doesn't matter what I think what school is like would be there. Cause like, it doesn't matter. It's the conference. Right. Right. Michael Chaplin coming up. We'll talk some gymnastics next week at this time. They'll be in Seattle in the regionals and we'll, get a rundown of uh, his thoughts on the the gymnastics squad and what they are up against in the regionals coming up next week. But uh, we need to take a break when we come back, more of your phone calls and texts, and we'll go over the uh, the brackets and see what's going on with our 1240 Joe Radio Bracket Challenge presented by Kellenberger Appliances. That's next on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Bracket Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. 
Looking for an appliance, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at Kellenberger's. Are you among the millions of Americans living? Too much talking during the uh, commercial break. You're uh, among the millions of Americans, John, with a bracket that's behind mine. <laughs> Actually, not. Mine's not doing well. On the Kellenberger? No, it's not. I'm at 76 points. We looked. Um, welcome back into the Joe Beaver Show, everybody. We, I was uh, browsing before uh, yeah. we came on the air, uh, you know, before the show. Uh, you are at 80 points, or 80 or 82. Let's see, where are you at? Oh, You're I'm, I'm John Warren right here with 82 points. Yeah. Uh, T Theodore's bracket is all the way down in the 76 range, which is uh, tough, mostly because my my uh, my my champion lost to a uh, a school which routinely has. Uh, well, I, there's a whole thread on Twitter that I actually wanted to get to yesterday. I don't know if we'll have time to get to it today. It just. Uh, of uh, St. Peter's, and I, I think there's pro- how, how many guys you think on Kentucky's roster make more than the uh, St. Peter's head coach? <laughs> all of them? Probably all of them, yeah. So, so right uh, it's now, not shaping up well for my bracket. Right now, if you look at it, there are two people in our list. I think we have 80 people in this thing, somewhere close to 80. Two of you listeners are atop the leaderboard. Someone named Dark Yoda. I don't know who that is, but congratulations, you have 88 points. And Fly Guy has 88 points. That's our own Doug Blair. So uh, good, so good job for you. That's it. Two in the lead, Doug and, and, and Dark Yoda. Now, Sandra and Nazanate and Sir Pinalot, those three people are next in line at 86 points. There's a bunch of people with 84 points, including my daughter. She is defeating the old man with 84 points. I'm in the 82-point range, so that's only three games behind the leaderboard. I would be up there if Kentucky was doing some winning, but no, can't rely on them. Can't rely on uh, Kentucky. And no. then you go down the line, um, a friend of mine, uh, Bryce, at 82. I guess we're tied then. And I don't. Know that I reckon I only recognize a couple of other ones on here. My brother and another friend of mine, and they're way down at the bottom. So anyway, this will all pick up again today, and you can check your uh, check your, uh, your your leaderboard. Uh, earlier in the week, we had I think it was Amy was frustrated with not being able to see anything. We rectified that. I showed her what to do as far as seeing the full bracket to the right, who plays when and where, and all that. So that's been solved. I don't think we have any other issues really to. To correct, I will say that this this bracket, you know, for all it doesn't, it's not as. I just wish that it would have put up everybody's name before we got started. Outside of that, it's been great, and yeah. it's it's some contractor that is above and beyond me, and they built this for other radio stations and, and other outlets, and we're using it for ours, and they have a national leaderboard. Now, the national leaderboard, Jimmy from Arizona, has 106 points. What is that? Is he missed? I haven't even looked at it. Well, his. it can't be perfect. No, 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 no. Nobody's perfect. Um, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's got a ton of red markings on here. So 
I guess the point is... All about is, the Elite Eight. And it's all getting also... Getting your Sweet 16 teams uh, It's also all about the next pick. Yeah. So if in the first round you miss, you don't want it to have it be like a Kentucky, <clears throat> which everybody everybody fell to that yeah. because of St. Peter's. I've seen some that didn't. Really? Yeah. You, you don't want to have it to where you pick one team all the way through and then they lose early and then they, it kills the next couple mm-hmm. of rounds. And this guy on the national level... Although he's got Kentucky in the semifinal, how in the world can he have such a high score? Because he probably has the other eight elite eight, uh, other seven. I'm gonna guess. I'm yeah. not look. I don't have it pulled up, but well, that's what I would guess. Anyway, but, he's doing really well. But on our local leaderboard, two people with 88 points: Dark Yoda and Fly Guy. That's our own yeah. Doug Blair and everybody else. And uh, there's a pretty. It's a pretty close deal. You mm-hmm. know, you go way down the list, and it's still 80. That's only four games behind, and that can all be made up with a Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four yeah. uh, victory. I got to say, though, the slate of Sweet 16 games tonight is is phenomenal. Better than tomorrow's. Gonzaga, Arkansas. Oh, Villanova, wait. Michigan. Great Texas game. Tech, Duke. Yep. Uh, are they going to let Duke or Coach K speak again after the game if he loses? <laughs> uh, for his uh, sake, I hope not. Ah, that would be funny. And then Arizona-Houston to wrap up the night. I know you and Mike were like, like we need the Pac-12 to do well, and I do think the conference needs well, to do I well. I just really, just, I really can't have Arizona win. I can't do it. <laughs> cannot. I got to win in the whole thing. I can't. Nope. I was it's sweat, not sweating it out. Any other, any pick another Pac-12 team, please. I can't. I mean. Tommy Lloyd goes there one year and they're you know the top two team in the country. I can't, you know, ASU. I, I understand. When, in my time at ASU, the Sun Devils won a grand total of one tournament game and it was a first four game. I understand. Uh, I've I've got can't do it. Kansas Providence. I picked that correctly, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State Miami. That I did not pick correctly. North Carolina UCLA tomorrow. Talk about some TV ratings. That will do phenomenal. I think I have. Let's see, uh, Duke, Texas Tech. I had UCLA. I've got Texas Tech winning tonight. Uh, I believe I did too. Let me look at mine. Texas Tech needs to win tonight because I had Shashevsky's uh, uh, run coming to an end. Yeah, I had Texas Tech beating Michigan State. Michigan State couldn't close it out for me last weekend, unfortunately. But I had Texas Tech advancing uh, in the Sweet 16 to play Gonzaga. So that is still in play. That is still uh, I had in play. Houston losing to Arizona, so I got that one right. Tennessee and Villanova, thank you, Vols, for not contributing. Uh, Villanova, I still have beating Tennessee in the Sweet 16 going to Arizona. Yep, same uh, I had Kansas going to the Elite Eight, so I had them playing uh, South Dakota State, not Providence. <laughs> South Dakota State lost Providence in the first round. Uh, and I had USC instead of Miami, which frustrates me because I think USC could have done the ex- exact same thing as Miami's doing. Uh, they lose by one point to Miami in the first round, and Miami instead goes on, beats Auburn by 18, uh, and then is now in the Sweet 16 on the other side. And, you know, thanks to Kentucky not contributing. Uh, I had UCLA in this spot uh, playing Baylor instead of North Carolina. Well, for everybody involved in our bracket challenge presented by Kellenberger Appliance, we thank you and have fun tonight. Four o'clock is the first game. What's the first game? Uh, it's Arkansas and Gonzaga. Arkansas Gonzaga at four, just after four great o'clock slate, today. Man. Great that slate. Is, <laughs> that is a great matchup. Someone like again, I, I'm not even a college basketball fan that much, but that's a really good set of. We games. can watch those games early, and then Oregon State tonight in WNIT action over at Gill Coliseum. Um, gymnastics. We'll talk with uh, Michael Chaplin, associate head coach of the Oregon State gymnastics squad, coming up next on 12:40 Joe Radio. 
Trump's Hobbies in Corvallis has been a full-line old-fashioned hobby shop since 1972. Stop by and see their selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters. Trump's has model trains, rockets, drones, fantasy games, and puzzles, plus paints, parts, and accessories. They're also proud to support schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley and the Oregon coast. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. You can depend on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today online at middletonheating.net. Looking for an appliance, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers, and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at kellenbergers.com. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 541- 758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Whether you're looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at NTech, we're looking for you. NTech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $19 to $23 an hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals. Immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com, ntech.com, and click the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. All right, welcome back to uh, the show. Of course, we never left. We just heard from our fine sponsors. I know I say that every time. I shouldn't say welcome back, but it's kind of a... But we uh, are back. It's kind of a thing that we are back from a commercial break, and uh, we welcome in to the uh, the Joe Beaver Show 
Associate Head Coach Michael Chaplin, Michael uh, Tanya gets Coach of the Year. Congratulations to her. I know we always talk to you, and people might think, well, why isn't Tanya ever on the show? Because she doesn't want to do it, and you're really good at it. So it has nothing to do with anything other than than those reasons, and you defer, we all defer to Tanya as being just an outstanding coach. So congratulations to your your lovely wife. Thank you very much. We appreciate that, and she she does – you know, has done a fantastic job, and I, it's, I, she's busy, so I do the media stuff sometimes. Yeah. But we'll get her on. We'll, we'll set up a time, and I know she loves to be on too. But she's actually in a meeting right now, so good, good. I'm glad we're able to, to, get, to get on here and visit with you guys. As it should be, and you know that that's kind of interesting. I know that most people in our listening audience are aware of the, you know, the relationship and, and that you guys have been here for so many years and you, you know, you were married years ago. You have children that are married or getting married. I don't know if that's official yet, but married. Yeah. We have one, one daughter <laughs> married last summer, which is scary because I remember when she was a little kid running around and, and all of that here on, on campus. But, um, you both competed at UCLA, you got married, you're in the business, you have contacts, you do so well. And, you know, some couples probably can't make being working together, um, whether it be coaching or working in an office. They just can't do that. But you guys make it work, and it's uh, worked for a number of years. Yeah, we, we, you know, a long time ago, people always would ask that question, and I always kind of explain to people it's like a family business, right? And and if you look back history, and a lot of people start family businesses together, and they build it, and they work. Ours just happens to be gymnastics, and we're really fortunate that it's both of our passion. Uh, like you said, we both were freshmen at UCLA together. We met. We've been together a long time. We, we have a, a, a good understanding of each other and, and what we need to do, and so we're just real fortunate that we've been able to do that here at Oregon State for the last 25 years, and and we'll stay here as long as, as they let us. And, uh, you know, there's some other places out there that have done it. Um, Alabama had a husband-wife coach. Um, uh, Utah did for a long time, Greg Martin and Megan. And so there's, there's other places out there that, that you see, even uh, up in Washington now, uh, um, our former coach or gymnast, Jen, uh, Jennifer Kessler, is, is married Llewellyn now. And, to her husband, and they coach together. So it's it, it, it's more common gymnastics than you might imagine. What are your strengths, Michael? That may be something that Tanya defers to you on, and then vice versa. Well, what we well, that's that's a great question. Is we do kind of divide certain things up. Like let's say I'll do a lot of the the recruiting um, over the years uh, in the gym. We for a long time had kind of co-coached floor together, and I kind of did vault, and she does beam and. A couple of years ago, I switched over to bars now. Um, so, but she, what great thing about Tanya, she can coach every single event. And so there'll be certain administrative roles that she takes on and certain coaching things that I'll do or, um, you know, set up for camps or meets. It's just, we just divide up the, all the responsibilities that you need to have for a program and, and for it to be successful. And so um, that's kind of how we do it. It's just whatever needs to be done, we figure out who's going to do it and then get it done. Well, by the same uh, token, you know, you've got Brian working with you as well. Uh, how does he fit in? I mean, he's not a third wheel. You you all get together not, as coaches to say what you're going to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. We were really lucky. Uh, Brian was available. He's basically our age, and he was at Alabama for 22 years and obviously had tremendous success there, won national titles. So when, you know, he was available, 
and ready to come out, we thought this is a great person to have um, a similar experience and championship background, and, and, and he's able to come in, and, and it's, there's no learning curve for him at all, right? He, in the years past, we've always had kind of new coaches that hadn't been in college. You've got to kind of bring them up to speed, where he hit the ground running, was able to take over vault and floor, get out there recruiting, and expand actually some of our recruiting base in certain places that maybe we hadn't gone back east very much. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been wonderful having Brian on on the staff, and we think it's a, a great great group and a, um, really helped moving us forward. Over the years, we've had you and Tanya on, and we've talked a lot about uh, you know your your collegiate gymna- gymnastics past and your, and your team and your coaching. And by the way, we'll get to a number of things that you have coming up. I'm just curious – have never learned about where you came from. Where did you grow up? And tell me about your gymnastics history. And the same thing for Tanya as far as before UCLA. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, was really fortunate to have a great boys program right there called Gold Cup. Um, Ed Birch was the coach and uh, helped me get a, it helped me develop and then do well at the junior program level and get a scholarship to UCLA. Um, he coached Olympian Trent Demas. So I've had some a great background there and was lucky to be at UCLA, and that's where Tanya and I met. Tanya uh, grew up in Missouri until she was 13, and believe it or not, uh, came out to Oregon when she was 13 and trained in Eugene at, at, at the National Academy of Artistic Gymnastics down there with Dick Mulvihill and Linda Mulvihill, mm-hmm. and that was one of the few places that could train elite gymnasts, and that's kind of how you had to do it back in the 80s, probably a lot of the top gymnasts had to leave home. And that's a great story. If you want to talk to Tanya about having to leave home when she was 13, uh, difficult, very, very challenging, but, um, it helped her get to the world championships and then, you know, national team stuff and then off to full scholarship to UCLA. And then that's where we met from there. Um, it just ended up here, but, uh, but yeah, so Tanya grew up in Missouri, but was out here in, in Oregon for, uh, much of her high school career. So, Gosh, this is interesting because my next question was going to be, and you touched on it a little bit. At what point, for both you and Tanya, in your own in your own uh, journeys, were you was the discussion openly? I want to I want to be in the Olympics. I want to be on an Olympic team. And then, at what point did it be did it show that that's not going to happen? But you can still do the high level, you know, local American stuff like collegiate gymnastics. Right. So both of us were elite gymnasts. On uh, I was an alternate for the '87 World Team. Uh, I was at the Olympic Trials in '88 and t- finished 13th, but you only take top six. Tanya was um, more at that time in the '80s. You kind of geared towards the younger athletes making Olympic teams. So she uh, was on the '83 World Championship team and then had some injuries and wasn't ready to go by '84. And then at that point, especially for women, you, you tend to shift to college gymnastics, where for me, when I went to college, that's when I was actually training for the Olympics. So I was at UCLA training in 1988, uh, went with my teammates to um, international meets and Olympic trials. But it fell a little short, but at that point, we both kind of had a passion for college gymnastics. We loved our experience and decided that we would prefer doing that, coaching at the collegiate level than the club level where you train or try to train the elite and bring up kids to, to make the Olympics. We, we loved what um, our experience was and we wanted to have that and, and coach that at, at the collegiate level. And so that's kind of what drove us towards uh, coaching college gymnastics was just the atmosphere, the team environment, 
uh, the camaraderie and having athletes have a great experience at the college level. Uh, so that's kind of why we decided to follow that track as coaches. Fascinating. Fascinating. Michael Chaplin joining us, associate head coach, Oregon State Gymnastics. Regionals next week. We'll get to that in a moment. Now, I want to stay on this thread for just one or two more questions. Yeah. Um, philosophically, you know, every great coach, and you guys are, has can, can boil things down to one or two things that are important. And usually they are not can do the best handspring or can shoot threes really well. So the question is, what is the one thing or the two things that are vitally important to be a successful collegiate gymnast on the highest level? And if you don't have it, you won't be it. I would say that, that, um, that resilience, you know, that toughness, the still wanting to grind it out. Um, oftentimes for um, female gymnasts, they, they, there was a notion of once you go to college, you've kind of peaked. Um, that has kind of been proven wrong. Obviously, um, Jade and some other gymnasts are able to be at a high level at the collegiate level. So what I would say, what always has been the case is you still need to have that, that resiliency, that, that grit to work hard and uh, still achieve um, the highest level that you can, to be the best you can um, at this. So... Um, that if you don't have that desire, that, that passion, then, then you're not going to be able to get it done in college. You'll, you, the, the sport of gymnastics, any college sport, it's unforgiving, right? right? And so if you're not motivated, you, you will, you will come up against challenges that you're not ready for. And, and you definitely need to have that resilience and that, that grit to get through, um, to make, to make it that, at the highest level. And especially in your sport, when you're talking hundreds of points. You, you you can yeah. lose and, and you you're going to lose a lot unless you're Jade Carey and so and there's only a handful of them so you got to have the resiliency to back come back from losing by a tenth of a point. Exactly. I mean, the thing in gymnastics is we you go for perfection, right? And it's it's kind of a perfection is is it's pretty much impossible, really. But but you have to strive for it. You have to be willing to strive for perfection. And ba- like you said, you fail. No one really gets there. Very rare. Very rarely. Um, and it's a bit of an illusion, but you have to be able to be okay with that, knowing that, hey, I, I want to get as close to perfection as I can. And some people, that they may struggle with that. And but the ones that, that, that can handle it, that can continue to push hard and try to get better and better, uh, they will succeed and do well at the collegiate level. Last thing on this, and then I want to ask you about uh, regionals. Um, going back to your history, are you old enough to remember – boys gymnastics at the high school level or was that done by the time you got into high school yeah it actually was still in high school and there's in certain states it was bigger uh in chicago and illinois it was very popular in new jersey believe it or not. but um by even by the time i was in high school uh, the, the level this is going to sound kind of harsh but it was like a lower level and you may not want to compete in that because you couldn't do the level of training you needed to and it was a bit of a risk for me. So I never competed for my high school team yeah. because I was trying to make an Olympic team and get to UCLA. So I had to compete at a club level. And then, as have you seen, now there's very few, yeah. very few places that have boys gymnastics and, and only about 17 programs in the entire country that have men's gymnastics. But I, you could see the writing on the wall even when I was a gymnast at UCLA. So that's why I, I kind of figured that I'm going to need to switch over to coaching women 
if I want to do it at the collegiate level. Yeah, and that's not unlike other sports like basketball where the really, really, really good players will go AAU and may not even play on their high school team. You you wish that they would because that's where you learn fundamentals. But um, And that, you know, that kind of takes me to another question I wasn't planning on. Do you get the fundamentals when you're training? You do because that's all you do is training. Whereas in, in basketball, I think we all kind of joke about how they just roll the balls out there and let them play rather than teach them how to do a, a proper screen or jump stop. Right. The, um, it's actually, in gymnastics, it would be opposite would be true. If you want to get the really good fundamentals and basics, you needed to be in a club to yeah. have the best coaching, where if you just did high school gymnastics, it's, yeah, you wouldn't get that experience. So I, I'm not familiar. I don't really know what, you know, in it, it, what you need to do for, for the basketball of the yeah. world or men's sure. um, baseball, things like that. But certainly in our sports, to be around the best coaches and the best people, you have to do the club route. From the quotes uh, in the paper and the results from your selection show from Tanya, it sounds like you guys are pleased with the fact you're going close and you're going to Seattle uh, as a four seed. Uh, your thoughts on that? Oh, we're really excited about going to Seattle. I mean, uh, it's a four-and-a-half-hour bus drive as opposed to a four-hour plane ride all the way across the country. We thought we might end up in, in North Carolina. And we've done that in the past, but um, it's it's super nice just to get up in Seattle. We're really hoping that our, our Beaver Nation and, and our fans will make that drive up and, and come cheer us on and, and uh, give us a, a, you know, have a real good feel, almost like a home court for us. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're excited about being in Seattle, and, and it should be a uh, a good draw for us. That and and just the the format is it tougher than usual? You 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 go in in the what the morning and you got to be a final two, and then a final two the next day just to get into the Saturday final two to get to to nationals. That that's not an easy task, it, especially with the it, draw that you got. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's we switched the format back in 2019, and where we would have. Uh, you still have 36 teams at regionals, but you we kind of break it up where you have four teams to go in the afternoon, four in the evening. The top two advance to Saturday, and those four go against each other. Those top the top two of those four advance to nationals. So only eight teams make it to nationals, where it used to be 12. So um, it is tough to get to the national championship, and we did it in 2019. And luckily, it was right here in Gill Coliseum, and and that was wonderful. Um, but it, it's gotten harder and harder. So what, you know, you want to look at, if you can make it to that second day and be in this, we call it the same as basketball, the sweet 16, cause there'll be 16 teams left. That's a big accomplishment and you want to have a great night and then hopefully get into the elite eight for gymnastics and get it all the way to the national championships in Fort Worth. Jade Carey pulls in five WCGA regular season All-America awards this morning. Congratulations to her. I just want to ask you, with the regular season, the preseason, the Olympic, going backwards, with all of that behind you now as a team for you and Tanya and the rest of the staff, how did it go? How was everything? I know that early on there was a lot of, of uh, you know people wanting Jade's time. We, we got her once on the show. We didn't press it. And we also made sure that we – got your other gymnasts on this show. And uh, Mike and I were both very proud of the last conversation we had with Maddie Dagan because Jade's name only came out once. And we wanted to make sure we, we highlight them because they are uh, just as valuable to the team in, in every other aspect. And we didn't want to take away from it. But from a coaching standpoint, what was it like for you guys? Oh, it was, it's been a blast this year. It's been fantastic. Obviously, you're right. I mean, having Jade and the attention that she draws just from being Olympic gold medalist, that's unique, right? Um, 
but it's a team sport still. And, and we, you know, we needed everybody to step up and do great. Maddie has had a fantastic senior year. Luckily she's coming back next year. Um, and then we had some of our freshmen, Lauren Lutch stepped up and did great. Uh, Phoebe has done well and then going to get better. And so that, that's what you need. You need everybody to have success for the team to, to do well. I mean, you, it's great having Jay, but you know, she's only can score 40 points for us and you need everybody else to step up. So it's been a, a fantastic year. We want to finish up strong at regionals and, and get to nationals and, and cap it off. But we're really happy with not only Jay's, Jay's performance, but everybody has really done a great job this season. We've never really been able to break a story here on this show in 20 some odd years but we thought maybe we did a week or so ago when Maddie said she's going to come back for her last year. There was a little bit of chatter on, on Twitter. There you go. Maddie Dagan is going to come back for her last year. Was Did we break a story there? Did everybody already know it? Well, uh, the coaches kind of know. <laughs> we we have a little bit of insight. But, I you know, I don't know if she'd made that publicly announced to everybody. Um I think people kind of figured it out because we didn't recognize her at our senior night when, uh, you know, you have your last home meet and she didn't, we didn't give her flowers and all that. So I think a lot of people started picking up on that. You know, they realized she should be out there being recognized, but so, and then obviously publicly, I'm sure she, you know, loved being on your show and being able to let people know that her, she plans on, on being back next year for a fifth year. And, and we're super excited about that because she's a great leader uh, it's gotten better and better every year, and I think she's just going to help us be that much stronger even next year. Absolutely, Michael. Thank you so much for your time, and to, to Tanya as well. And best of luck next week when you go to Seattle for regionals um, and see what happens. I appreciate it, and thanks for having us on, John, and, and hope we'll get you guys out here to the new gym one of these days. I want to see you jump on the trampoline. Oh, I'm doing the Iron Cross if you can get some rings. Okay, we'll do it, buddy. I'll rip my arms out. Thanks, <laughs> thanks man. <laughs> see ya. All right, Michael Chaplin joining us, uh, associate head coach on the uh, the Joe Beaver Show. My, I was, let's see, my brother was in high school in the mid-70s, and he was in, in gymnastics at the high school level. It wasn't long after that. I think right around late 70s is when they kind of did away with that as an organized sport, and it wasn't long after that that they did away with high school girls gymnastics because what uh, Michael was saying, TJ, and they – they all kind of went into the club thing, and that's where the best teaching was. Um, but uh, he could do the Iron Cross, and that is uh, <laughs> that's not easy to do. And I, you know, you're joking around. You see some rings, or you see some bars, and you try that kind of stuff, and you rip the muscles out of your pecs or your arms. And it's like, yeah, no, not going to try that. But you know, it's fun. So fun to turn try. My mic on. Yeah, there we go. Do can we get a, a an audio recording of you attempting a double backflip on the trampoline? Play it back. <laughs> the only double backflip I would ever try would be off of a diving board. Because I, I wouldn't even do that. I don't trust landing on my neck on a trampoline. Me, me either. I don't want to take that chance. But I would in the pool. I've done that in the pool when I was a little kid anyway. Well, have you bounced the off the trampoline into the foam pit? Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. In fact, I, I've never been to one of these, but my son tells me that they've got these, uh, you know, trampoline places where you pay money. You go in and you can dunk basketballs. You've never and, been to one of those? No, I oh, haven't. And they've got the foam pits and, and the whole room, I guess, is a trampoline. It is, even the walls. Yeah. That would be the a The trampolines, like, kind of slant up on the wall. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. that would be that would be a blast. We're going to stay here, so we got another uh, five or six minutes in the program. If anybody wants to uh, check in, in fact, have you checked uh, the the uh, the texting line here in a while? Uh, n- nothing. Bob writes in to say the Beavers have gotten a good scouting report on New Mexico. Uh, Devin Hunter's sister played and lost to them on Sunday, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Sydney. I noticed that. That's uh, that's a really good advantage right there. It is because she coached. Uh, if you can figure out at San Diego last year, yeah, you got to stop them. But yeah. still, you know, you find some tendencies. It'll, it'll be a good clash of styles, to say the least. I would uh, say defense. The defense the Beavers have brought in these first two games versus Mex- uh, New Mexico, who's really just scored it, scored it well. CVB says that he says the the front offices uh, should be in inside the footprint. He says he'd rather be in Eugene than outside the footprint. Oh, why? I don't. I why? don't know it, why it, is, it would in need the, to be. We can. It's funny though if you think about it. If we just draw like kind of like a a big highlighter down down the uh, of of all the Pac-12 schools, right? If we took like a big highlighter, John, and we're we're drawing. Just you know, uh, uh, we're we're coloring in the area where the where the Pac-12 schools are. It literally does make a footprint, and right <laughs> on the ball of the of the foot ish, not on the bottom of the ball, but like the top like part. Yeah, that's where Vegas is. <laughs> Interesting visual, but it, yeah, it, it is. You color it like Arizona up to Colorado and Utah, but then right there is Vegas, right in the middle of all of it, right on the heel, right on the yeah, right on the heel. I. This pushback, I mean, it, for you guys that like CVB, are, do you want to go hang outside of Klyavkov's office in Eugene? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand. Like, yeah, well, I don't even know if the con- the conference, I don't even know if they would think about putting it in Eugene. You want it in a centrally located big market with an airport where you can get a nice studio, where you can house all your talent, where you can actually you know put on a full production for pac-12 network because like what they do now it's like you know they'll have a live show here a live show there and then play reruns for 95 percent of their airtime i just want them to get a tv deal worked out where they're more where the 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 league the the channel pac-12 is available on more platforms yes because online you can only find them on fubo and i think sling Outside of that, you can't. If you're subscribed to YouTube TV or any of the others, you can't get the Pac-12 network. Mm-hmm. And I want to see them at least be available on the online ones. Yeah, they can battle out whether it's Dish or Direct TV or not, all they want. But more and more people are cutting the cord anyway and going over to uh, mm-hmm. Internet TV, which I just recently did. And, and I'm like, oh, do I want this one or this one? This one gives me TNT, True TV, and TBS, which I have to have in March. Yeah, this one doesn't have that, but it does have with an upgrade, the Pac-12 network, somebody said do the, which is smart, do the one with the Pac-12 network, and then for YouTube TV, do the seven-day trial. For March Madness. For March Madness. Yeah. Or 14-day trial, whatever yeah. it is. And cover the games you need to and, and go then, watch the national championship at a bar. Right, exactly. There you go. Exactly. So I will give you uh, credit. I'll give you credit. This hurts me, but uh, by one game, is it? You beat me in the CBI bracket challenge. That that first round game that made the difference. <laughs> Teams like uh, Fort Wayne, Purdue, uh, Stephen F. Austin, Florida Atlantic. He with deep knowledge of these schools. 
Cal Baptist, Boston University, Ohio University. I I, I went there. I called a game there. It's a beautiful uh, campus. Really nice. In fact, Mitch Barnhart, former Oregon State uh, Athletic Director, went to their administrative school at uh, Ohio University. Uh, those are the teams. Now, who won the whole thing? And it was a two-overtime game UNC last UNC Wilmington, night. I believe. UNC Wilmington over Middle Tennessee? Yeah, I think so. Two overtimes. I wish I would have watched that game, but that was last night. So Are the, you sure you wish you would have watched it? Well, no, I suppose. <laughs> the college basketball invitational is over with. Yeah. Now we have the NIT. Washington State has made it to the Madison Final Square Four, Garden. and they played great last night. They played at BYU, over 11,000 fans, and the Cougars, <clears throat> Washington State, go in to play the Cougars. And if, I didn't watch it. Doug did. They win by 21. He said they just they controlled it, and it was awesome to see them go into that place with 11,000 screaming fans and beat BYU. Washington State's playing some good basketball right now. These are the wins the Pac-12 needs. <laughs> when the, just the Pac-12, no, Pac-12 wins, the NIT, and... The CBI? And, and, no, not, well, not the CBI. <laughs> the, the NIT and the NCAA tournament. Boom. Pac-12 basketball is back. Great, then you're uh, rooting for Arizona to win and go on and win the title. Absolutely not. I can't do it. I can't. It's against every fiber of my uh, alum soul. completely understand. Can't do it. And I think Beaver fan completely understands. Did you wear ASU garb when you went to the Tagaste Stadium at Coleman Field? No. I did not. No. Sorry. In a polite version. No, I did not. (laughs) I, I understood my place, and I wore a very neutral gray outfit. Literally gray. I have taught you well. Yeah. I that was one of the first things you told me when I moved here. Hey, you're going to campus? No no, no pitchforks. Right. Yeah, just don't invite trouble. Anyway, no. we'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, it's 1 o'clock. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K2290I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.